If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi, Jinx, with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is my sister winner, my beloved baby doll. I don't know. I have got to think of the perfect name for her in my life. She's like my she's like my little sister, but she's also like me from the past or from the future. I don't know how the timeline works. Maybe maybe she's not me. Maybe we just both separated from the same cosmic embryo. Uh, The point is, it's Willow Pill. My guest is Willow Pill, and we have an amazing conversation today. We talk about her life since winning Drag Race. We talk about her life pre-Drag Race. We talk about her intimate relationship with another sister winner, Evie Audley. And we talk about how how she became so goddamn cool, because she really is one of the coolest people I know. You're going to find out all of that and more today on Hi Jinx. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some brand new Hi Jinx. M. Oh. M. Mom. everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by drag artist and the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race season 14, Willow Pill. Hi, Willow. Hi, Jeans. Okay. Um, I am so glad you are on today. Uh, we were supposed to do this like, what, a month ago and I had to cancel? Yeah, this is our 44th time trying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's been years since you won Drag Race. So yes, I don't know what we're yes. going to talk about. No, I'm joking. It's been decades. <laughs> Listen, um... I, where did we first meet Chicago? But where we really first got to like 
talk to each other was in London. London. Like London. Day- Remember London. Remember London. Days before your episode oh, aired where you were named the winner. Um, we had a lovely little pre-winner chat in my dressing room as I was painted yes. up like an old lady. Old lady. Um, and it was lovely. And I felt an immediate kinship with you. And you because know, you wanted to fuck me. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't turn you down. It just, um, it was more like a, <laughs> it really immediately felt like big sister vibes. And I, I don't ever mean that to be patronizing because like, it's more like a big sister in the drag race universe. Mm-hmm. Because even though I'm 36, on the planet Earth in the drag race universe, I'm like, it's like me, Chad Michaels, <laughs> Raven. Like somehow I'm one of the oldest ones, right? <laughs> like somehow. I'm an elder. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I felt it too. I mean, obviously I felt it because I've known you for years. You've never known me. <laughs> um, and always I looked up to you. Um, so I'm happy the feeling was was mutual and I'm your baby sister now. Oh, absolutely mutual. And your um, your sister, which Evie Oddly, my God, what an incredible human being. <laughs> oh, she's perfect. She's so perfect. Did you see her Twitter video the other day of her singing about peeing on the mirror? No. I, I'll um, send it to you. It's fabulous. <laughs> please do. Uh, so, Willow, <laughs> how old are you right at this point in time? Um, I'm 28 years old, and I'll turn 29 in January. 29 in January, Capricorn. Mm-hmm. No, I'm an Aquarius. I'm close. Oh, fuck I'm you. on the cusp. <laughs> Why? Nothing. Why? What Nothing. Are you? Aquarians just know everything, don't you? Um, I'm oh, a Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start. Let's start. Okay, so if it is a question you've answered a billion times and you just don't feel like answering it, just say, no, I've been asked that because I've got a billion. I've got a billion. And I'm the first person with the privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're catching up for like the first time. (laughs) I haven't seen you since maybe the pride after I won. Yeah. And we, when did we? Oh no, I saw you. I saw you at the finale of season 15. Oh yes. For a brief moment. I was in my large, large shoes. You you absolutely. Large, large shoes. The finale, we're going to talk about it because that was just, in my my mind, that was a win, 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 win for Willow Pill. Um, So let's, but let's, let's back it up first. When did you and Evie oddly meet and were you always drag sisters? Was there ever any competition? Was the sisterhood immediate? Did you fuck first? What happened? What happened there? Okay, okay. So, Evie was in the very first drag show I was ever in, which was like a student showcase show. Did you go to um, school together? No, she was coming, she came up to Fort Collins, to Colorado State University, to do a show. And I was in was the show she, as well because it was, was like she Evie Oddly it. already there? She was Evie Oddly. She had just won Ultimate Queen, which was Denver's like big ongoing competition at the okay. time. But this is pre-drag race. This is pre-drag race. For, for both of you. Okay, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. I'm caught up. And 
And she was so she was so weird. She did Adele. She did Rolling in the Deep, which is such not an Evie song. And she was doing like cartwheels and backbends to Rolling in the Deep. And I was like, what the fuck is this gumbo bitch doing? Um, and I was studying documentary film at the time. And I thought, what a perfect subject for my my uh, capstone film. So I went to her house. She thankfully let me in and I interviewed her. She was high out of her fucking mind. And I made a little documentary that was, it went really well. The, the, the teachers loved it. And sorry, professors. Uh, the, the professors loved it. The professors. And um, we started hanging out and I choreographed for her for a while. And then I kind of got um, roped into being one of her little clowns. And we were good friends ever since then. That's really lovely. You yeah. know, those those pre-drag race drag friendships. But I mean, like the post-drag race drag friendships are incredible too. I'll take any friendship at this like, point. <laughs> oh yeah. Any any anyone who like knows what it what it's like. And, mm-hmm. You know, but I I of course relate a lot to queens who kind of like built themselves up as much as they could pre-drag race because that mm-hmm. like that's where you test your metal you know i don't know how how much you ever worked in the dive bars and oh, like how, how yeah those chicken shit gigs where you're like you're there because you love drag, not because yes. this is glamorous. Because you got something to prove to yourself. <laughs> because you are, yeah, yeah. Something is being fulfilled by doing this, yes. and it's not about the money. <laughs> oh, no. I, the number of times I've performed Christmas shoes in a bar full of two people while I have Jesus on stage <laughs> is far too many. And let me tell you, it's one time. <laughs> So, you and Evie have this long-standing friendship, mm-hmm. and then Evie goes on Drag Race and wins. Yeah, before then- Evie got on Drag Race, the Drag Race was not something I ever thought about. Yeah, to me, it was a uh, an unachievable dream. Yeah, it was like you know we were from Denver. I I literally didn't even think that that was a possibility. I was like, oh, you have to somehow be in the know be in LA, be this big mega drag queen on Instagram. I thought that I wasn't, didn't even have my eyes on drag race because that just didn't seem like a possibility. And when she got on, I remember feeling so shocked. Like this is (laughs) something people can do. Um, And it inspired me. I was like, okay, well now, now that she's on, gotta get on yeah like again i can't let her be the only one and so, so i helped she, her through the process she was season 11 mm-hmm. yeah. you were season 14 so yeah. so you had a hard time believing either one of you could get on and then you both yeah. get on and you both win what has exactly. that been like what has the, that been like for your friendship like how has that tested your friendship? Like, what was it like the years between Evie winning and you winning? Were you still good sisters or was that a... Oh, yeah. Did no, you have Evie a, you had a good race. time? 
yeah, Evie getting on Drag Race brought us a lot closer, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, we were always close, but once she got on Drag Race, I became pretty wrapped up in helping her with everything, both before she got on the show and after. Um, so I became part of like her little team of trolls that would, um, you know, do you know the people that kind of follow you around and enjoy your yeah. shit for free yeah, and just help you, yeah, 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 help you become this big star before your you have the, the money and the power. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, listen, the people. <laughs> I've brought this up before, but people sometimes say it's sad that I like live in a house with like multiple other people because they think I can't afford to live alone. <laughs> I. I live with the people that you're talking about. Those are, were my people when I was 16, 17, starting drag. And now we all yeah. live together in a big house like we always talked about, you know? Like, oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> right? So I love hearing that. That's really incredible. Yeah. And then once, uh, you know, big old COVID mama hit, we got even closer because she was my neighbor. And so um, she became part of my pod yeah. and her and her boyfriend or now husband myself um, would hang out all the time. And, and though that was the year that I was like, I need to get on drag race. If I don't get on drag race, you know, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> 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 and uh, okay, no. <laughs> the time came and we worked really hard to get it done. Me and my roommate and it worked. That's incredible. That is really incredible. Like, it's a lovely, lovely story. You two. It is. We should make a movie about it. You really should. Or like, I don't know, you should do something with that. Do something. Let me momager this. Um, But I want to ask you a really stupid question. Are you prepared for a very stupid question? I'm ready. And the question is more, have you been asked this stupid question? Okay, so I want to identify this question as stupid. And I want to ask, is this a question you get asked by your fan base? Okay. Okay. I'm ready. You and Evie are both um, uh, winners of Drag Race. You both were very candid about um, disabilities that you live with. Has anyone ever been like, 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 is that what, <laughs> like, is that something to your sisterhood? Is that like, have oh, you trauma yeah. bonded over being like, powerful drag queens who also have to you know like incorporate this obstacle into their life (laughs) yes that is something huge in our relationship Mm -hmm. because let me tell you being maybe it's not a stupid question but i I feel like i feel like asking someone like are you friends with this person because you're both <laughs> like dealing with something? <laughs> like it's like kind of like, I mean, Dale and I both struggle with a lot of the same uh, mental afflictions, and it's kind of why we understand each other, you right, know, right, right. because we know what's going on in the other one's brain a little uh, yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, absolutely. I mean, it, it, let me tell you, being a drag megastar who won drag race from denver who deals with physical illness and disability is a very niche thing to be <laughs> and there's only one other person in this world that shares that commonality yeah. with me TV. so we, we absolutely have bonded about that over the years because it's not a common yeah. thing to happen to kind of be thrust into stardom as your body is like, nope. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. So, and you both yeah. have been well, extremely I, candid about that. And yeah, and it, we had lots of long conversations after I won because I think I thought it was going to be easier than it was. Yeah, because I've learned in my life how to handle my illness and disability according to how I was living my life. My life has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. And once that change came, suddenly I was spiraling out of control and like, yeah. how the fuck did you handle this? And so she really helped coach me through a lot of that. Um, That's, see, now, God, I really, your friendship is really, really special. You know, like that's is. really special because it's yeah. not, I mean, like, Lots of drag queens. I mean, I think we all have that one sister, you know, like you have your drag coven, but I think we're seeing, and I bring it up all of all the time, but I think we're seeing power in friendship right now. And I think audiences are responding to it. I think that's why we're, it's, I mean, we've been seeing it for a while, you know, in in Mm -hmm. drag like, um, it, it doesn't just exist in drag, but it's like abundant in drag. You know, like, I yeah. can think of, what, 12 drag duos, you know, like really good sisters who have brought the best out in each other and their friendship is celebrated as much as they are celebrated as individuals, you know? And that's really... I'll list them now. <laughs> in order <laughs> of significant... <laughs> Don't worry, there's 14-year-old accounts that are dedicated to this stuff. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Willow, um, I want to ask you, you don't have to be candid with me and my audience right now. You know, like, it's you and me talking, but people are going to hear this. You can confess something to me. (laughs) Um, I asked you a silly question just because I knew what was true for me. I said, has your sex life improved since winning Drag Race? And you said, oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, why do you think that is besides the fame thing? Besides the fame yeah. thing. I, and, and I want to talk to you about this because we both identify as trans feminine. Mm-hmm. So it's already, uh, it's already a tricky dance in the, in, in the queer yes. dating world. Oh, you know? oh, oh, I've been thinking really about is. this a lot lately. When you are trans feminine, 
when you're somewhere not quite on mm. the binary, but like it's clear right. where you're leaning, but you know, sometimes does it feel like I'm not butch enough for queer guys and I'm not femme enough for trans amorous men. So I'm just kind of in this limbo. <laughs> yes, it does. But, you know, it, it's changed so much in the yeah. recent years. Um, I mean, A, I moved to Chicago after I was living in Denver. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so post That's why I'm you're always Chicago. at, at, at um, uh, Roscoe's. Yeah, I'm always at Roscoe's yeah. and I have my show in Berlin. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, uh, I adore. Yeah, um, but yeah, so the, the world has changed a lot post pandemic, which happened at the same time as Drag Race. Like my, my post my pre and post pandemic life is the same as my pre and post Drag Race life. Mm-hmm. And my pre. Oh, wow. Like you went into the it's pandemic. It's so weird. It's one so weird. Thing, and you came out. <laughs> like, oh, no, it's, you yeah. are such a butterfly. It's I know. So crazy. I feel like my life is developed into this brand new chapter. Um, but That's I think people learned a lot about, you know, their sexuality and how they identify. And also, um, I moved to Chicago, which is a lot more queer friendly. And I just came into my own and became a lot more confident. That comes with therapy and like medical treatment mm-hmm. and um, being able to afford these things. So it is definitely a privilege. Um, and then also, yeah, I'm famous and people want to fuck famous people. <laughs> Do you know, I like, this is a joke in my show is like, I joke about how, yes, you're famous and people want to fuck famous people, but it's all the stuff you said before that is the real secret in the sauce. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing is like, yeah, you'll fuck the star fuckers for a while and that gets really old, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 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 having sex with people because you feel like you're fulfilling like a kink or a fantasy for them can be fun. You know, like to have that sex a la carte and be like, I'm deciding to yeah. use this power that I have to get some sex with a hot person who's attracted to me for, you know, like when you're self-con, I mean, when you're conscious of it, you can mm-hmm. kind of own it. You can kind of like, but it does get old. And then you start to want like real connections. Yeah. And- I get, I, I, for me, it's kind of expired. The, <laughs> the fun of it. It was fun the first year. Um, but the problem with a lot of them is they can't get hard. <laughs> It's, do you know, what is, do you, have you talked with other queens about this? I don't know if I yes, talked about this on the podcast. It is a Yes, Alaska's talked about it. Yeah, the race chasers. Yeah, and it's because. They want it. They, they, yeah. they want it. But then it all gets in their head. They get nervous. And, and they, that's how I became a top. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was joking. <laughs> oh, Willow, I love you so much. Um, okay, so I want to talk about the season 15 finale. We were both at 
Now, first of all, I'm sure you get asked this all the time. So if this is a question you get asked all the time, we can skip it. But where do you get the inspiration, like the oversized clothes, these like these fashion moments that are both humorous and fashionable. Like they make a statement in the fact that they are goofy as fuck, but you could totally see that like at fashion week. You could totally imagine like a designer doing like, that would be their like Mm -hmm. central piece, you know, like it's not really meant to be wearable. It's meant to be, where do you get these ideas? Is it, it, I, I'm imagining it's cartoons. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. I mean, I feel like these ideas have existed for a long time. We've seen them with Comte de Garçon and Mugler and lots of different designers have played with size and camp and kind of taking otherworldly things and putting it, putting them into like everyday wear. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of it comes from psychedelics as well. I'm sure that's where many of the designers (laughs) Originally got oh, these I'm ideas. sure, yeah. I, 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 I wanted to ask, um, without spilling anyone's tea, but like, but I know both you and Evie. I feel like you're both pretty like proud advocates for it, too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, completely. I mean, I, I've been very open about the fact that I was selling, growing and selling mushrooms during the pandemic to make money. That was my job <laughs> pre-Drag Race. <laughs> like, under, you know, a little, the little bottom third for drag race like it should have just said drug dealer underneath <laughs> drug dealer 26 <laughs> because that was the truth um uh and so, I'm so not, i have no problem answering questions about this if you're wondering sure now i i'm not gonna say when because again i'm not gonna spill anyone's tea but let's just <laughs> say i spent some time with evie oddly and she was microdosing a lot of <laughs> now i am not someone who could microdose and do anything where like i need to be a professional you know for me i like now that i don't drink i will occasionally microdose mushrooms like at a party as my like you know everyone else is drunk I'm the teeniest, tiniest shrooming, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like California sober. That's fine with me. Um, but to try to like take any kind of psychedelic, I didn't. I didn't even smoke weed either time I was on Drag Race, season five. I was under lockdown, oh, you know, our like whole strict lockdown. Was so high. <laughs> But I found out at the end that there were ways girls were getting stoned and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm glad I didn't have it because I get two cuckoo bananas. <laughs> yeah, you think Georges was sober? <laughs> <laughs> but tell me, what's it like, you know, like, I mean, you can't tell me about Evie's experience, but what's it like um, doing psychedelics and going about your day? Is that something you do as well? <laughs> Yeah, I do. I mean, it depends on the day. If I've got work to get done, no, I'm not going to do it. Mm-hmm. But if I've got a day where I'm just going to go to the park and then go to the bookstore, I'm lying. I, know, I don't go to the bookstore. If I'm going to go to the park, <laughs> what's the, a more likely scenario? And I go to Chipotle, then, <laughs> then yeah, I'm going to make a those. I love doing it at concerts. I love doing it with friends. And you feel like you can be out amongst human beings? Yeah, if it's a microdose. 
Okay. okay. Once we get to the macro dose, I need to be alone in the shower with a hunk of meat. <laughs> <laughs> a hunk of meat? <laughs> yeah. I get so, like, caveman no, I, when I'm on like, a heavy you. dose. I'm like, everyone's like, oh, I'm playing in the trees and seeing all the bumblebees. <laughs> no, and I'm, like, I, hunkered I, down in a, in a dirt pit. Like fighting your demons, my, and feeling my ribs turn inside <laughs> out. <laughs> I always battle my demons and end up sobbing. Um, oh yeah. If yeah. I take, if, if I like actually. Anyway, so psychedelics help you get some of your inspiration. Is yes. Oh yeah. Back to the season fifteen finale. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I I think it's fun to wear outfits that are like a little bit ugly. Um, a little bit stupid. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of fun for me. I don't know if I'm I'm going out of that phase right now, but that was definitely a phase I was in for a long time. Um, it was it was so it was so great. And the first thing you said to me was, "Where's your giant shoes?" <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. Um, but let's talk about okay now your fashion moment. We all we all fucking freak out about our fashion moments when it's time to crown the next queen. Like, right. you know, it's this chance to show how you've developed. I barely want to talk about it, but like there was a malfunction with my hoop skirt. My dress was meant to touch the ground and there was a malfunction. My <laughs> hoop skirt got tied too tight or something. Or when I was walking down the staircase, it caused it to ride up or something happened. And and it just kills me that it was like, I loved what I wore, but it doesn't touch the ground. Anyway, I'll, that'll <laughs> haunt me for the rest of my life. Your fashion moment was such a win. The pink weeping willow dress. We could talk about it for hours, but I want to talk about what you said. And, you know, that's also something we obsess over. I used my first one just to like fucking plug my album and, you know, plug my work. Uh, second time, I really just, uh, when uh, I never got to like really make a big speech <laughs> in front of a crowd when I won All Stars until the right. season 15 finale, just saying like, what's it been like? And I really spoke from the heart that night and I feel good about that. I mm -hmm. feel like you also spoke from the heart and you said something that I don't even remember the words or the wording. I mean, it, it exists on film so I could watch yeah, it. But, yeah. but like, it was so perfectly genuinely you. And it was so like, so just like lovely and like humble and sweet. And you were just like saying you loved all of it. And also... <laughs> also, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, you know, like you were kind of just like, here I am, I'm Willow Pill, I won season 14, and that's what I got to say on that. But I feel lovely tonight. You know, it was like, what did you say? Let's talk about it. Because I remember feeling like Willow just won everything in that moment. I just felt so proud of you. And I can't even fucking remember what you said. <laughs> You know, I don't remember either. It's somewhere on YouTube, and the people listening can go I, watch. What I remember I, is I, that it was genuine, and that it was everything that everyone loves about you. You are sweet. 
you are kind, you are important. <laughs> no, you are sweet and genuine and you just like, you don't put up a facade for the sake of your title. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think um, they had asked me to say something, of course, as they always do. And they'd maybe given me some sort of template uh, about, you know, like how great my year has been, things I need to plug. And I looked back on it and I had a really rough year. Mm -hmm. It was not a particularly good year in my life. Um, There were great moments in it. There was lots of joyful moments. Um, But I was going through a lot of grief that year. I was kind of spiraling out of control, dealing with a lot of... um, depression and body issues and was kind of overworked and so I just didn't I read that template and I was like I don't want to get up there and just lie to everyone and be like this was the best thing that ever happened to me um but I also wanted to be grateful because it's something that everyone dreams of and I wanted to share that there were a lot of amazing moments that I'll never forget that year as well you can experience you know, sadness and happiness at the same time. They're not mutually exclusive. Um, and so I just said that basically, yeah. and, and and maybe maybe you know shorter, cuter words. Yeah, um, I, th- I mean, the sentiment you just expressed is the sentiment I got from it, and it's so funny that neither of us can remember. Yeah, the way it was expressed, but that's the thing is like I got everything you just said from what you said that evening. And, and there you were standing like in this gorgeous gown doing an absolute serve, you know, (laughs) you're slaying, you're eating, you're serving. And like the, the outfit you've already won when you hit the stage, like what everyone's like, What's she going to do for her look? What's the big look going to be? Is she going to have a flesh Mm -hmm. crown? Is she going to be silver? Is her her skirt going to touch the ground? What's going to (laughs) happen? And then you walked out. You just looked so radiantly gorgeous. And then in this like impeccable fashion moment, in this impeccable drag you were serving, You just spoke so honestly. And then we just saw the human being inside. And that is, I think, what makes you so captivating, is you are able to be this perfect vision of loveliness, just this gorgeous little angel. And then you just speak from the heart and and everyone connects with that because, you know, like we're all just goofy weirdos wearing whatever we can to make us look normal, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, that's so sweet of you. I, I I wanted to do an outfit that just made me feel so gorgeous. I've done lots of camp and I've done lots of wild looks, and I just wanted to do something that made me feel radiant and special. And uh. I'm happy that that came across. It really did. It was an incredible night. It was a long night. It was a long night. I was in, you know, they had me locked in the basement for hours. Yeah. Um, me and Cornbread entertained ourselves and we stuck a bottle of tequila, so we had a good time. Of course. That's how you got to do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a long day, but it was really incredible. The energy was electric, you know? 
Mm-hmm. There was just there and was so much to celebrate Sasha, that night. Yeah, yeah. Crowning Sasha was a that to me was just such a special honor. Yeah. That was like almost better than winning. I was like, this is just how lucky am I to get to do this? Yeah. Wow. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So you have a solo tour planned for 2024. Now, we've talked about, now, we just talked about, you know, the ups and downs of your winning year. And one thing I also really loved is that night that um, we were sitting in your trailer um, at a Portland Pride gig Mm -hmm. um, talking about your year and you were scarfing down papaya salad. And (laughs) how do you remember that? Because it's my favorite papaya salad. We were talking about it. Um, you got it from, um, oh my gosh, why can't I remember? Oh, um, Lock, look, look, lock. Uh, I'm screwing up the name. It's some variation of. Yeah, it was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we're in Portland. We're talking about your year. And you said you were um, going to do the rest of your kind of like, I just won tour. Mm-hmm. doing the prides and stuff. And then you were going to take some downtime and you weren't going to rush into doing shit that year just because it was your year because you knew you needed to take some downtime. And I was extremely impressed because the highs and lows you talked about that winning year, I experienced that myself and I did the opposite. I pushed through. I said, I got to <laughs> do all of this shit now. And, and that was one of the hardest years of my life. And it's, and it triggered a really difficult period for me because I didn't slow down. And I was really impressed that you made the decision to slow down. And now you're doing a tour, which I'm excited to hear about because you took time for yourself beforehand. So let's talk about the tour. What you got planned? What are you going to do? (laughs) <laughs> oh, so I really am so excited. First of all, I am so happy to get to Um, I know what it's like after you win and everyone is telling you, go, 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 go. Like now is the time to strike and, you know, hit, yeah. hit oil. <laughs> and thankfully my therapist and I had many a conversation and I was like, well, how should you do this now, now, now? And she was like, well, you don't. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> How could this be? And so I really have to credit her for helping me do that. But fast forward to now, 
mm-hmm. I'm thankfully in a much better place and much happier and a lot more time on my hands. I took the summer off and went to Europe <laughs> and had glorious drugs and sex awaiting me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and now I'm writing and producing the tour, which is so fun. I'm, it's going to be um, semi-autobiographical. Um, it'll be everything in my life uh, up until now. And I have to pack that into about 90 minutes, which is easy. Oh, (laughs) sure, yeah. But let me ask you this. Have you been planning such a show in your mind for a while? Because I recently did such a tour, you know, and there were parts of it where I was like, well, I don't really have to write this down because I know exactly. I mean, I've been planning this for my whole mm-hmm. life. I know what this number looks like. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was planning on doing a one woman show in Denver before mm-hmm. I ever got on Jack Race. Um, and that was 2020. So obviously that didn't pan out. Um, what happened? Was, <laughs> uh, Joe Biden. Um, <laughs> and so, and so I feel like I've gotten to this point in my life where I'm moving on to a new chapter and I've really gone through this metamorphosis Mm -hmm. and it feels time to recall how I got here. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot happened (laughs) to get to where I am right now. And yeah, it just feels appropriate. It feels like the right time because I'm kind of ready to move on to new things um, and ready to kind of change as a person i feel myself really becoming an adult i feel like an adult now and now that i'm 28 which is do you know you know okay so there's so much to be said about that feeling of feeling like an adult now at the age of 28 significant things change in our brain at the age of 25 and then i think cosmic things if you're into that start changing between like 27 into your early thirties. And it's, you know, it's your, your, um, what's that? Your Saturn returns. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a time for metamorphosis in your life. If you're willing to like, you know, open up and let it happen. (laughs) I did not want to give in for a long time. My last few birthdays, I've just been on the floor in tears. Um, and aging is not easy when you are disabled and ill and also queer, like the, the combo of those things. Uh, aging, a lot. aging, plays aging in general humanity. for anyone. But then, yes. So when you, okay, here's like the thing we're starting to talk about. Not starting. We're having a conversation in a bigger way than we ever have before. That like everyone experiences certain crap in life right Mm -hmm. and we are asking people to start thinking if you've experienced all of that crap just being you whoever you are imagine layering on more crap when when race gender uh sexuality lifestyle disability all of that adds to the crap And I know that we have consciously known this for a long time, yes. but we've been 
I think because of America's idea of like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and make yourself successful no matter what crap you deal with. You know what? I think we're done with that mentality. I think I think the younger generation see the bullshit in that. And that's what's getting called out a lot right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. No, and, and uh, I don't even know. Yeah, everything you said is right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I'm really excited to see you in this stage of your life. I'm really excited to see what your brain cooks up for your solo tour. <laughs> Me too. I mean, it's, it's almost finished. Um, I'm kind of closing in on everything and then of course just have to get the outfits and the choreography and all that jazz um but it's gonna be fun i'm gonna be doing lip singing and doing live singing mm-hmm. as well and i'm not really a singer but i've been taking voice lessons which has been so fun it's just, oh, I'm all going to do. my god i'm also like I love you so goddamn much do you know how many girls would just be like i'm not really a singer but fuck it you took voice <laughs> lessons, right? I'm like you now. give a shit. No. You care. That's the thing. It's like I don't care how you do drag. I don't care how you do your art form. Just care. Just fucking yeah. care about putting on the best goddamn show you can. Because if you just think fuck it, then I'm disinterested. If you've yeah. come to the stage with a fuck it attitude, then I'm going to have a fuck it attitude as your audience. <laughs> yeah. No, I really want this to be spectacular. I love you so and much. And I'm taking dance classes as well. I goddamn love um, you. <laughs> and I'm also taking tennis lessons. <laughs> Even though one's just... not tennis. <laughs> I'm in this stage of my life because you're I'm, rich. <laughs> you have to take I'm, well, yes, I'm rich. Also, I'm just in this stage of my life. Where I'm like, I'm gonna learn how to do more things. I feel like I just stopped learning how to do shit after graduating college, and those parts of my brain just sort of atrophied. And I'm like, I, I want to feel like a, uh, a human being again. And also, after Drag Race, you get so much praise. Everyone thinks you're this incredible, amazing person has no flaws and can do no wrong. And you're just full of talent and skill. And you kind of get a little bit of a head. And it's nice to be like, I'm baby, teach me how to do this. And just learn how to do crap and be bad at shit. That's so good. That's so good. And, you know, it, it like it applies to drag artists uh winners of drag race but it applies to everyone really you know like when you get to a point in life when you're kind of secure and stable sometimes you get bored and if you yes oh you get so bored and then if you feel that boredom with self-indulgent shit you know if you feel that boredom with like um distractions like i filled that boredom a little bit with alcohol (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't really boredom why I was drinking, but there was some boredom <laughs> in there, you know. But when you feel when you feel that boredom with shit that doesn't serve you, it doesn't mm-hmm. serve you. But when you fill that boredom with something that can like teach you a new skill, I don't know. It just makes you feel better. <laughs> it does. After Drag Race and going through that whole year, I, I kind of had this feeling. I was like. 
I feel like I've experienced everything. I was like, I've like and done everything. Like, and you're 20. I was like, I've, I, yeah, I'm 27. <laughs> I was like, I've reached fame. I've traveled the world now. Like, I was like, I'm sad. I'm bored. Everything sucks. Everything sucks. And learning new things has been nice because it just makes me feel like a kid again. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm learning to like doing things again. That's really lovely. Um, oh, Willow, you're you're really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I am really cool. Yeah, you're quite cool. Um, this has <laughs> nothing to do with you, really, it, other than the fact that like you are the face of the song and you inspired its creation. But the song "I Hate People" that they created for you on Drag Race, can we talk about that song? It's on like every other playlist of mine. I love that goddamn song. Lucky, lucky you to have that song right been made for you. That's a really good song. Do you perform okay. it constantly? Are you going to perform it live in your solo show? Because, Mama, I that's have- a really good song. <laughs> Let me tell you, I've never, I've never performed it, and I never will. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> is it because of the PTSD um, related it's to this? Yeah, a, a because of PTSD. Because let me tell you, that was a journey to get there. I had many a panic uh, moments thinking about doing that song live. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I just it lives in that moment. Sure. It, like that that moment was perfect it won me the crown and i don't want to recreate that it's done cool so i can cover it you can cover it you want thank you. oh my god thank you with your and blessing I, you're right and now i have it on recording that you gave your blessing i'm gonna yes. do like it won't be a club mix you know it'll be like uh it'll be like uh, a cabaret a it'll yeah, be like cabaret i'll version. sing it in german it'll be very like yes Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown with three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown. You get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Okay, I have compulsory questions that I ask every guest. Um, uh, but first, we've talked about your solo tour. This is this is one place for you to just oh, yeah. uh, by the way, unabashedly, yeah, unabashedly plug away, baby. Um, everyone probably already follows you, but where can they follow you? Where can they buy tickets? What else do you want them to know about? What do you want them to watch? Oh, I okay. just spilled 
You do that while I clean up the water. I just spilled all okay, the perfect. floor. All right, so I'm going on tour in 2024. It's called God's Child. Um, and it's going to be fucking fabulous. You can follow me at Willow Pill Queen on every social media uh, platform. And you can buy tickets at willowpilltour.com. And I also suggest that you watch Castlevania Nocturne on Netflix. It's fabulous. It's about vampires. It's animated. And they're all sexy. And that's it, bitch. That's it, bitch. Um, <laughs> Willow, my compulsory questions, you may answer them however you feel like answering them. Excuse me again. God, the effort of cleaning up the water just now has made my body like shift, and now I'm, <coughs> you know, you it, like you're <laughs> anyway. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Willow, who's your celebrity crush today? Oh God, it's always Tom Hardy. Always Tom Hardy. I always MySpace era. <laughs> I. I am bad with names. I'm looking it up right now. Tom Hardy. That's my Tom... dream man right there. What do I know him from? Is he sports? What he's in this? Mad Max. I've never seen no, any he's of these movies. <laughs> You've never seen Mad Max? Is he Max? Oh, yeah, I have Max. seen Mad Max Fury Road. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he's Max. He's Max. I was so distracted by Nicholas Holt in that film. I thought he was sexy. You Nicholas like him Holt... looking like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, like a little sickly. Like scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> Me too. I kinda like a I like a like a scary looking motherfucker. Uh, the more you look like a rat, the more attractive <laughs> you are to me. Listen, I I really have crushes on everyone. I find so many different types of people Me attractive. Too. Me too. That it's hard to say, but like, you know, the archetype that everyone jokes about me being most attracted to is like um, Adam Driver with hair down to his shoulders. You know? Mm. <laughs> he's really tall. He's really kind of scary looking. And <laughs> you don't quite trust him. Nope. <laughs> but you want to get fucked by him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Willow, my next question for you is, <laughs> are you spiritual? Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you'll find out a lot about that in God's Child. Funny plug again. Um, I was raised very, very, very religious. Um, and then my later years... I was, my later years, I'm 74. Um, <laughs> later in life, I became extremely atheist uh, and kind of the antithesis of spiritual. what religion you were raised in? Uh, evangelical Christian. Oh, just that? Just that. <laughs> just some mega churches and some just televangelism. Mega churches. Um, yeah. So I had kind of a visceral pushback against religion and became super atheist against not against spirituality it's like that's not for me yeah and now i'm somewhere in between um atheism and spirituality i think mushrooms has definitely 
put me into the spirituality realm a little bit more um, than I was before. But I'm also very comfortable not knowing. Um, Mm -hmm. I'll be happy as long as I'm not reincarnated on this earth. And as long as I... I would really not like it to be an afterlife. You don't want to come back? I don't care for an afterlife. I want Um, this to be it. I I want... that's where we differ because I Mom, don't Mama's care. Mama's tired. I want to go to bed. <laughs> I hear that. And I don't care what the afterlife is, right? Like, I don't know. And I'm kind, I'm getting way more comfortable not knowing. You know, like, I wasn't raised super religious. I was raised casually religious. And I went through the same thing as you. Mm-hmm. Rejecting it all. Kind of now finding my own path. Which I think... You know, I don't care which, I don't care which faith a person practices, really, as long as it's something they chose for themselves, yeah. and as long as they still continue to think for themselves. You know, yeah, I don't give definitely. A shit. And I, I, uh, I also I love science. I'm a huge yeah. science nerd kind of person, and I think science is so magical and spiritual as well. Well, um, I just, I think there's magic in science and vice versa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um. So, uh, <laughs> sorry, I <clears throat> <laughs> spit it out. No, I was just gonna say. So I hear everything you're saying. Being raised evangelical, that's like, I mean, that's. Uh, remember how we were talking about the crap that gets piled on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's Christian and there's evangelical. It's it's nuts. Yeah. Have you watched um what uh, the Righteous Gemstones? Yes, yes, I have, and it's just sorry. like that. That show is, it is really. So... Yes, I love that's... it. I was gonna say sorry the, for bringing up that show just because you said evangelical, no, it's but perfect. like, I love that show, and the, it's a goddamn the thing about good that show. show is that <laughs> it's not that exaggerated. Like that show is is not that much of a heightened version of reality. And in fact, just like Portlandia. Yeah. And it makes it look (laughs) better because at least on righteous gemstones, they're like funny and nice. You know, they're they're like a lovable family, even though they're awful. And in reality, they're not lovable. No, they're just, they're like pure evil. So righteous gemstones is almost like a candy coated version of what it actually is. Yeah. My final question for you is really going to break your concept of reality and your existential beliefs. I it's um, already broken. I know. What's your go-to karaoke song? Um, Think of Me from Phantom of the Opera. Think of me. That was not what I was expecting. You said goodbye. Do you sing it in your falsetto? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> well, what am I going to say well, how am I going to go think of me <laughs> I want to see you do um, every year she always says no I need a queen to do this and just hearing you sing sing that just inspired me but like every year I try to get Dela to agree to just earnestly sing the song where are you, Christmas? From the Jim oh, Carrey Grinch. I love. It. <laughs> and I, I don't want her to play it for laughs. I want her to no, 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 earnestly no. sing it. It's a good song. It's a beautiful song. And you know, speaking of growing up evangelical Christian, um, 
they had a version. You know how evangelical like mega churches put on like these like, big productions with Mama gu- guitar I, and like light. One of my like, blue lights. Mama, I performed at one of those. I had to fill in for a singer who got laryngitis yeah. on Easter, and so I performed at a mega church fresh out of college. I'm 24, queer as can be. Trying, I wore like the closest thing I had to a suit. It was one of the best paying jobs I had at the time, but I had to sing, I had to sing, I've just seen, seen Jesus, like me, like full blown, like witch hippie, queer monster singing, I've just seen Jesus. (laughs) You know, it's funny that everyone on the worship team at our church had like an album. They had like an album in in the gift shop that you could buy. Like they always had pop stars. Um, but no, they're oh, wow. one year they sang "Where Are You Christmas," but they changed the words to "Where Are You Jesus." So it's like, "Where are Why you, Jesus? Why can't I find you? Where have you gone away?" I'm rearranging <laughs> my life. Oh my god! I love you so so much. Um, Willow Pill, everyone. Uh, okay, wait. Sorry, one more thing. The because Christians just love to switch it up on you. Instead of yoga, uh, they had this thing called Jesus moves, and so the ladies would teach Jesus. So moves. it was all like because yoga has yeah because yoga has like Hindi. Or uh, uh, yeah. Hinduism connections, um, and that's yeah. not very Jesus-like. So they changed it to. And Jesus we're absolutely name. allowed to steal things from other cultures. Exactly. We just can't exactly. let it have its original name. Yes. Yes. And you, you had to wear like a like a sweatshirt and like gauchos. No leggings. You had to wear no gauchos. sports bra. Listen, gauchos are the worst invention. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I love gauchos. <laughs> Willow, thank you so much. I'm wishing you all the very, very best in your life. Um, don't forget to text me all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm. I, I just. Uh, I just love you so much. Oh, I love you too. Willow Pill, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye. And thank you all so much for listening to Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Um, here on the forever, um, <laughs> it's here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram at Jinx Monsoon official on TikTok or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more. (laughs) Hi, Jinx. M. Oh. M. Mom. To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.